Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that may never order calamari again my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our international horror tour finds us traveling from australia to germany as we talk relationships tentacles and so much more as we try and unpack 1981's possession hmm. and whether you've been through a messy breakup or not you can listen into our show simply search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are played hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it will download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your almost hole <sighs> and if you're on the side <laughs> of the wall that happens to have wi-fi uh, you can follow us on social media. I'm not even going for it. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face that has an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and squiddly shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, January 8th, if you're in the Kansas City area, Screenland Armor, they have you taken care of indoor and virtually. Yes. Yeah. Two for two here in the new year, my friend. I know. Starting off right. <laughs> and speaking of starting off right, on that very Friday, that our very next Friday Night Fright finds us revisiting mm-hmm. a film that just two years ago, no, te- no, two years ago, won the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament for 2019. In space, no one can hear you. Giddy, 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 a great matchup, Audition versus Alien, but indeed Alien came through, and much like a chest burster, that Friday at 9.30, we're bursting through. Oh, it's going to be awesome, dude. Veron- a professional reactor, Veronica Cartwright. What's amazing is that weekend, the very weekend, the birds playing, which has her first reaction on screen. I totally <laughs> forgot that she's in that movie. Me too, until you just said it right now. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but then that following Friday, one of our favorites that may or may not be, it is celebrating its 10-year anniversary here in yes. two, in 2021, local favorites Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard's You're Next. I love this movie. This movie is great. Not only is it scary and there's a, a badass uh, heroine in it, but you also get to see Ty West get in an eye. So... <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for you to introduce this one. (laughs) Maybe you'll get some heat from folks. Who knows? I always do. (laughs) But if that is not your fare, there are some other genre greats going on that weekend at Screenland, including, again, said The Birds, Moonstruck. I like Moonstruck. I like Moonstruck a lot, actually. Which features a very early cage rage yeah doing yeah rage a good rage cage raging with chair with share share he's sharing the rage uh also fargo yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then uh what are else there werewolves we, well no it is not the wolf of snow hollow oh, okay. sadly but head on over to screenland.com for all of your indoor varietals but over at screenland online They have a number of films that you can rent, Mm -hmm. but then if you're feeling for a little uh, double header to get things started, our very first Shutter shout out comes back on January 16th. I am so looking forward to this. Okay, now our first one, I'm really excited because I'm seeing one for the first time, Uh and I are you seeing both for the first time? I am seeing... Technically, no. I am okay. seeing one for the first time, but I'm seeing one that I caught on bits and pieces in television back in 1983, and I haven't seen since. Excellent. So, yes. So, I, I can probably say that I, I've i seen that, but no, I haven't seen this. Well, streaming on Shudder is both the film's Cub yeah. and The Pit. You sold me on Cub, and I've been waiting to watch this for a while. When I saw that we were going to do the Shudder shout-out for I, it, I was like, yes, because I've been... The soundtrack is rad. Uh, as, as provided by Steve Moore, 
podcast favorite. Mm-hmm. If you like your synth heavy scores, he's the man for it. And the whole synopsis of it is fucking dark, and I love it. It's pretty creepy. It's cre- and it's also very brevity is wonderful. It's like runs in at 84, 84 minutes. Now I'll be watching the pit mm-hmm. for the first time. And we're not talking about the place in PCU, <laughs> although if Jer- Jeremy Piven shows up in this one, that it could be interesting. Be. No, it's that one famed one where the boy feeds things with his teddy bear to yep. troglodytes in a hole. The VHS cover always frightened me as mm-hmm. a kid. With the scary bear and the scary kid? Yes. Now, if you already aren't a member of Shudder, of course, they do have a seven-day free trial mm-hmm. where you can stream right along with us. But if you would like some extra content that includes a customized pre-show introduction trailer reel for each film and scintillating controversial post-film discussion mm-hmm. all you have to do is become a member of the screenland film family by heading over to patreon.com slash screenland and genius if we're talking patreon a belly we are going to definitely be giving a little love to the latest member of our patreon film family and this one he's legit fucking rad He's, well, also technically a literal friend of the show. Mm-hmm. He's a face that you would see at the Draft House. He's a face you see at Screenland. He uh, we, he came to all the nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. And he's just, he's a welcome presence at all of our favorite genre films. Yes. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown, you're a badass. No, we sincerely. Even though you don't like Santa Slay, although we did subject it to you twice. Well, that just tells I, you how much I got. Yeah, he is. I got to give you props for that, dude. I got you. You're fucking rad, dude. I mean, it's your when we see you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for the both of us. When we see you walk in, we know like awesome. Bobby's gonna have a good time tonight. Cause yeah, I think we, I think we have a good track record with you, Bobby. And so like, the we're big, so glad you come out and do this shit. Well, why don't we just share the little anecdote on Christmas with the nerds? This is our sixth year doing it, and our whole, it's much like Nerdoween. We have three films. We don't reveal the lineup until each film plays. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've gone all over. And t- typically, traditionally, we try to represent a horror film, a comedy, and something like action or sci-fi. Right. Ideally. Mm-hmm. Ideally. And I think we've had a pretty wonderful eclectic selection. I, th- I know we're biased and what have you. Yeah. And a lot of the films usually hit pretty well. And a film that is near and dear to your heart, a film that we actually did a commentary for back on the main feed back in the day. Yes. We ended one of the years, it was probably maybe the fourth year. Yeah, I think so. With Santa Slay. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking Santa Slay. Love that movie. Which I thought played pretty well with the crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, even the whoa, bitch. Whoa, move, bitch. bitch yeah. Get out the way. Yeah, every every part of it played. I mean, seeing Fran Drescher and, and, and Chris Kattan get off. Yeah, it's great. So I thought everyone had a good reaction, right? <laughs> so we're probably two. No, maybe. Are we one movie into this year's Christmas with the nerds when we're, everyone was outside? Yeah. Socially distanced, masked, of course. And Bobby was there, and we were talking about movies of Christmas past. <laughs> and then we're like, do you have any guesses on what the third one is? He goes, man, I hope it's not that fucking Santa Slay, dude. That movie is awful. And I'm like, dude, first of all, I, I was like, I defended Santa Slay, of course. But then I was like, well, then you might not like our third movie tonight. Well, and technically, <laughs> because we initially were planning for a cadaver Christmas. But that fucker is hard to find. And we then went with, again, a film of Christmas past. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Bobby, for sitting through it again. Did he share his thoughts afterwards again? Was he a convert, or was he like, eh, maybe next year? I think it. I think he was like, eh. I still don't think he likes that movie. I think I, I'm hoping he found a little bit more merit, but at the same time, you know what? You're still fucking rad, dude. Well, and you know what's funny is he's on the tier that he is going to be able to request us to review a film. So again, as long as it's not, um, let's see here, a Serbian film. Um, nothing but trouble. It was Serbian film, nothing but trouble. Ari Aster. Ari Aster. <laughs> and I think that was it. Because if there's anyone that would recommend an Ari Aster film, it would be him. It Absolutely. would be him. Yeah. And Bobby, that's why we love you, my friend. <laughs> now, of course, if you would like us to plug and promote anything that you have or wax your car a little, you can come and join our film family over at patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. And genius, um, we as I should listen as we continue mm-hmm. our look into international horror. One thing I totally forgot to set up is almost like a as part of a thesis statement 
is the older I get, because we established initially there's kind of a discipline to watching movie that's outside of your culture. Right. Norms, this and that. But it's another thing, though. I always like to liken it to food and eating food outside your normal comfort zone. Yeah. Because there's... What's this? Baba ganoush. (laughs) I'm not going to dip my you-know-what in it. But... It's sometimes people have issues stepping outside of their comfort zone. Right. And the best way is to sample things. And I love it when you can go to a buffet oh, where yeah. you have different world cuisine. Like like that uh, one by my house, uh, the, the Chai Mexican, yes. where it's like Chinese, American, and Mexican food buffet. And that's the best thing because you get to sample a little mm-hmm. bit of things. Because, again, it could be different, but it could be delicious. You just need to have the courage to try it. Yeah. And that's what I love with um, the idea of international horror is mm-hmm. that ideally there are going to be some films that are better than others to get a idea of what maybe that country's horror is like. Because you can't necessarily say something is American horror, but you can show films that are from America. Right. And, so, some, there's, there's, and there's flavors, too. For example, uh, oh. like Southern Fried Horror, you know? Like we know what we're talking about when we say something like that. But then again, like when we say like Japanese horror... We know kind of what we're talking about. Well, even funnier, even more funny is the fact that you said it that way. Just because, again, every region has its own specific flavor. Mm -hmm. And we always understand it's not going to be for everyone. So for anyone that's not listening to us after experiencing Australia's body melt, uh, our apologies. But we can settle it with a joke. Mm -hmm. Elton John. There you go. You are good. (laughs) That movie's fucking weird. And it should it should say, hey, so we know some buffets are better than others. Right. Some are rated by health food inspectors. <laughs> some are rated by Yelp. So exactly. <laughs> so again, go at your own caution. But in the discovery of this, we've dis- we've we've realized that there are definitely some specialty items out there on buffet lines where you have to maybe have a little word of warning. Mm-hmm. Local delicacies. And then sometimes there are films where maybe you need a word of warning as well. Local delicacies. So we started with Australia's Body Melt, and as weird as it was, it definitely didn't get into a squidly diddly area. Again, went more ooey and gooey. Uh huh. But we realized there were enough weird elements with it that we decided and we started then reprogramming. Yeah, we had a whole entire different month programmed. I mean, like, and it was all over the board. I mean, it had, like, because normally when we do international flavored months or something. We've never. We've never done international flavor? No, no, no. Oh, no. Never? Well, we've only recently really started doing months. months. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, we tried to go with, like, a little bit, but I was like, let's get weird with it. Let's get weird. Which leads us now, the remainder of the month is the wide world of of weird. (laughs) We're going to get fucking weird because here's the thing. It started off different. We started off, you you were like, hey, let's watch Body Mountain do it. We're like, okay, cool, international. Mm -hmm. And then like, hey, Possession is this movie we're going to talk about. This one's weird because you're like, like, let's watch this one. And I was like, this is fucking weird. So then we're like, well, let's keep the weird month going. Let's do weird. We got weird shit coming up. Well, and I'm glad we're going from a movie that is kind of literal mind melting to one that is more metaphysically mind melting. Goofy and campy to no levity at all. (laughs) So again, going from ooey and gooey to squidly and diddly, before we had properly talked possession, let's first talk a little bit about some of the films that spawn from its country. uh, And that is, we're looking at Germany Mm -hmm. right now. And German horror... For the most part, I think a lot of people define was a lot of people say horror started in Germany, especially filmed horror, because mm-hmm. I recently within the last two years for the first time in the theater was able to watch the uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari uh-huh. and Nosferatu. That's fucking rad that you saw them in the theater. They were incredible. Now, I've seen that with Caligari. I can tell you all the scenes and beats and everything, but fucking Nosferatu is Dope as shit. Nosferatu was an incredible viewing because I do think if, again, the discipline of watching a movie, if I had watched it as a kid, I do think I would have been taken in, but it had to have been at a certain time when it could, could have gotten beyond the black and white. Mm-hmm. But seeing and it as- And the soundless. Oh, it, yeah, with just the score. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yes. But watching it with an adult with disciplined eyes, oh, I was like, okay, Fright Night- there's a little bit of fright. It was just, you see where yeah. everyone takes from the movie, 
but it's still scary. It's fucking haunting, dude. It's haunting. And I love how scary it is because it's just drenched in atmosphere. The atmosphere is incredible. It, it, is an, it was an incredible film. And Doctor, uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, I was actually able to watch with the Invincible Czars performing it live, the score. So that was also enhanced. That's slick. It was incredible. And there's always the, ter- the, the German expressionism movement. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of wonderful things that came from German cinema beyond the tired joke of... I was just going to say Scheiser. But oh, oh. <laughs> besides German bunker born, there's a lot of other good cinema. I was going to say, I guess that ultimately shows you the diversity <laughs> of ger- a German genre. And that's just really the start. There is so many more things that you can go into. German movies, not just Bunker Born anymore. Knocked. Nine. Possession itself. Fuck. And the very reason we're talking about it stems from the fact that I do listen to a lot of podcasts. That has been, you know, this this podcast itself comes from, it only exists because I listen to podcasts. And one of my favorite podcasters out there, I've mentioned him many a times before, uh, he was here at this year's Panic, or I should say last, last year's, year's, man, it's so weird, I know. Panic Fest, uh, I'm talking of Elric Kane. Mm-hmm. He is the co-host of the Pure Cinema Podcast and Colors of the Dark. And a lot of people will say, you know you love a film if someone was to ask, if I had to identify one film to identify you, Genius McGee, mm-hmm. is there a film that would stand out that a, a number of people would go, oh, yeah, it's this film? Like our friend Dustin. If Predator. You say, exactly. Yeah. I, there you go. Exactly. Of course it's Predator, right? Mm-hmm. If What do you think anyone would say if Genius McGee, if there was one film, and let's just say I maybe ideally horror, mm-hmm. just stay within that genre, is there a particular film that you think are more people than none would point out i don't know i don't think so like honestly i would like to think my first two would go you said horror that kind of almost put me in a box because my first two was going to be uhf but like i would have gone from the magic mixtape yeah you know so (laughs) critters too i was just about to say critters too yeah would be i think a good guess with that yeah but elric kane has that as well there is a particular movie that if you went on twitter right now and you put out in the Twitterverse, hey, what's that one movie associated with Elric Kane? Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten people are going to respond back with possession. <laughs> and it was through my listenings of the podcast and his always pushing this movie mm-hmm. and saying, listen, it's not going to be for everyone. First, he put that. It's the first thing he'll say. Right. It's not going to be for everyone because it ain't. <laughs> oh, it is not. And we're going to get to. It. We're going to get to it. Mm-hmm. But that it's a challenging movie, mm-hmm. and that if you're brave and if you want to see a very you know phenomenal brave performance of Sam Neill and uh, Isabel Adjani, it's worth it for that. And a little bit more if you're a horror fan. <laughs> now. In its most simple form, this movie is basically the dissolution of a relationship and scene. Yeah. I mean, it literally starts with that. Now, I would like to address and approach this in a non-spoiler discussion first. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into some spoilers. Yeah. Because there's things that we have to talk about that we have to spoil. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things we have to talk about we have to spoil. But like, I think if you said you're going to boil it down to its essence... I would go with Kramer versus Creature. Ooh, I like that. I li- there are a number of films out there that work as metaphors. Mm-hmm. That on the surf- surface of things, they're either a horror film, they're a drama film, or if you look into the subtext, again, they are metaphors for the relationship that we go through. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, all of those things totally work. And it's interesting because this movie works totally in that it would work as a triple feature with The Brood and Kramer versus Kramer. Right. Because it's, there's, not to get spoilers, because there's a whole part of it where you're like, is this horror? There's some weird shit going on. Well, let me ask you, would you find this in the horror, if you were- Now, yes. If you were um, actually categorizing this in your own specialized mm-hmm. horror VHS store, because this is definitely one you want to watch on VHS. Right. Where's Genius Me going to be putting this? Drama, drama slash horror. Maybe, or maybe in like psychedelia. Are you going to have, 
This is your store. Oh, this is my store. Then I'm yeah. gonna have the squiddly diddly section. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have like the ce- cephalopod section right over there, and like all the weird. Now instead of a beaded curtain, do you? It's gonna be tentacles. tentacles. <laughs> They're tentacles. And it's just going to be not necessarily exclusively squiggly diddly, but all the movies that are just weird enough. You're like, that movie is fucking batshit. Mandy's going to be in that movie, in that room. Um, Possession's going to be in that room. The well, Unnamed is going to be in that room. And let's just say this right off the bat. In the, in, the, in the credits, in the intro credits, it does say Creature Work by Carlos Rambaldi. It is in the title. You understand. On the poster, there's a chick with like tentacles, like Medusa snakes that right? I thought was snakes. And I was like, oh, is this a Clash of the Titans part two? Are we going to see some mirrors involved? Right. And but and then there's a tentacle around her bosom. And you're like, okay, well, you had my curiosity, sir. Classy Clash of the Titans. Classy. Classy. Cla- class of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in the, so we realize there is a creature involved. Uh-huh. Now, all that being said, though, Genius, before I even mention this film, were you aware of it? No fucking clue. I can't even say I've seen that. I can't even say you. But you've seen Possession? No. (laughs) What's it about? Well. (laughs) (laughs) And I should say at this point as well, I've... I've rewatched the movie several times. <laughs> oh my! I know, I don't know what that says about me. I and I, I'm. Just I didn't gonna, want to say nothing, but <laughs> for me, it's I've grown to really appreciate the three central performances mm-hmm. of this movie because more than anything, it is a character piece. Yes, interspliced with the horror and the squiddly diddly. Mm-hmm. Because if you were, I even mentioned it. I did an. I've seen that on our Patreon of this movie. Now it is an episode proper because. It was and and that's what's so funny. Um, there are a few of the I've seen that's on Patreon that we've done as full episodes because I've had such a good experience with the movie. I'm not saying it was a good experience watching Possession. And this one's more like I wonder what I wonder what you have to say about this because this movie is weird. Well, I even debated whether or not you should watch this on your own or if I should be there just to kind of guide you through it and maybe even just to hear you respond to it. I think it worked better. I th- actually, I think it worked different watching it with you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I think if I was watching it at home, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? But I think at the same time, when I was watching it with you, I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I think it was just a different tone. Yeah. Well, safety in numbers occasionally because... Yes. Octopuses have eight arms, so... The same thing going into like a Veronica screening. Mm-hmm. Of you, or yes. viewing, I should say. So but no, significantly less neck breaker. So here's what I'd like to do initially is I'd like us to do a little bit of a um, character view on mm-hmm. the three central performers. We are looking at Heinrich, Mark, and Anna. What about Bob? Bob is. Mm, I got strong opinions about Bob. I got. Mm, I, I I understand. I, I even I might have some answers with Bob. But let us first start with. There are there are. I think everyone involved here has a standout weird. We're going to turn it to eleven performance but in their own kind of weird way. Mm -hmm. And one of the standout ones for me is the character of Heinrich, who is initially the other lover. Uh He is the initial reason why the marriage between Mark and Anna is dissolving. And his character is not what I was expecting at all. When when you think of the other man genius, what does Mm -hmm. the other man look like? He's like Fabio, like this big... (laughs) chisel like the other man like I'm or, or I'm the poor boy you know but instead be like uh like Carl Hungus right instead <laughs> kind of like Carl Hungus we get Heinrich instead here to fix the cable mm-hmm here to oh, lay the pipe only on the good side of the wall <laughs> no Heinrich blew my mind I was not fucking ready for Heinrich at all the performance by Heinz Bennett His name is Ben and he was all up in it. (laughs) I'm going to use the term next level a lot in this movie. And I'm going to also say this right up front. This is a very intellectually charged, powerful film. Yes. There are themes going on here that I will never understand. Mm -hmm. We're both going to be taking the approach of our opinions and, 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 um, you know, Jesus Christ. Our opinions and experiences of viewing this film. Right. Because it's going to be so different for everyone. But again, 
there are some think pieces out there with this movie. The Blu-ray itself that it came on has some wonderful behind the scenes that still we both watched them are still like, I still don't get it. I mean, that's the thing. You're Before we get in the characters, it's hard to like, because you're dealing with such a weird movie that's dealing with such heavy subjects and dealing with trauma and 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 it's a bleak, bleak world all set in this backdrop of Berlin. Meanwhile, you have madcap wackiness, but it's not. It's not whack. When I say madcap, it's not, but Heinrich himself is just so otherworldly bizarre. Well, let's go Let's go to the madcapery scene. I'm, are you talking about the cafe scene? That was a great scene, but with Heinrich, I was thinking about his fuck-foo. His but... fuck. No, okay, let's go back to Heinrich then. That's perfect. I wasn't expecting him as well. He is almost like the I he's the idea of him just being this like Epicurean philosopher guy. The guy is all about like wine and a good time, seeking he's almost like a cultured Uncle Frank. Yeah. From Hellraiser. All he wants to do is for the pleasures of the flesh yes. and very bohemian in a way, but very open and open. flamboyant and just wanting everything revolves around sex and pleasure and very hedonistic he's just like the epitome of like i'm talking the more he's just like the ultimate swinger just the master of debauchery in a sexual way and even when he gets con- confronted many times he's the sexual wiles and his prowess to escape the scenarios and you're like what the fuck it's a combination of his shirt and his mannerisms. And he talks like this and like, just be more open to different things. Must be open, Mark. Yes. Just take your anger out on me. Yes. <laughs> Hit me, Mark. Spit in my mouth. You know, and you're like, well, and what happens when Mark does get physical? Hein Fu comes into play. Fuck Fu. Cracked me up. I was not expecting. Neither was Mark. No. As it turned out. No, just to use his. He was like a. He was like a. A master sensei, some perverted hermit, but up in the mountains that practices kung fu, sexually charged kung fu. And he's just dodging and weaving and thrusting all at the same time. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? He, and it's, it's, it shows in his, his travels abroad, of which initially that's what sets everything off is the postcard. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, this is the one half of the face of God and yours is the other. It's with wish you were her. And it had one like that. Palm Springs. <laughs> At least he's traveling. That's right? good, right? Uh, the one where the like the girl in the bikini is like getting her bikini like bottom pulled down, pulled down by like an alligator. Woo! And this like, it's a little tentacle. It's a fl- <laughs> but it, he's just like that genius. He's not what you expected, especially when you're dealing with heavy, heavy shit and powerful performances by by the other two main leads. Well, and I should say as as much fun as you you are yourself having genius because you did have fun with the viewing even it's though not this is not fun. A, I still view this as just one of the most moving theatrical not theatrical but moving experience because the first time I watched it I was by myself and I processed it and I was like I and again I question should you watch it by yourself or and I'm glad I watched it with you because it did give it a different experience because of your viewing as well this is almost a swallow experience mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. in like it's a very heavy and and sad movie, but I was just like, this is too ridiculous for me to take serious. Well, and it's really funny for as eccentric as Heinrich is. He's not even the wackiest one. He's the most rational one. Yes, he is. He's and the one that's putting two and two together. In the face of everything that they ultimately see. But the film is centered around the two central performances and Sam Neill. God damn Sam Neill. 1981 Sam Neill as well. Just impossibly young Sam Neill. Vibrant piercing blue eyes mm-hmm. just youthful looking and i know i would no doubt my first experience with him was in jurassic park yeah absolutely i think I'm a generation of people their first exposure to sam neill mm-hmm. was jurassic park so imagine how many fans of jurassic park completist fans that want to celebrate the entirety body of work of one sam neill what's this in the mouth of madness what's this possession <laughs> Watch this event horizon. This looks classy. Let's watch it as a family. Well, Andrew Zulawski is a classy director. There, we'll never talk about his work. This is the only time we will ever talk of a director of this, like, gra- you know, gravitas. Uh, nominated for the Palme d'Or at the Cannes. And... Well, it is a classy movie. Yeah. Because for a lot of people, would be horror adjacent, mm-hmm. a thriller, 
a drama, a squidly diddly. Squidly diddly. It's a, it's a dr- relationship drama it's, first and foremost. Yeah, well, it's many things to many people, and it and if it didn't have the power of the performances behind it and the level that they're operating at, I don't know if it would would, would, would work. If it would work, everybody in this movie is at twelve. They're oh past God. eleven. <laughs> Sam Neill. Just the shit he does with his eyes, the way he rocks in the rocking chair, just... There is so much eye acting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's almost almost classy garbage day. Almost. Well, and there's so much nonverbal acting going mm-hmm. on. It's incre- it's, It could almost be distracting and could almost probably be seen as camp, I think. And yeah. I'm afraid for that. I think so, too. I like I said, I was giggling and laughing and what the fucking the whole time, you know, at, at this serious ass movie. I'm what? having a blast. I'm not laughing with it, not laughing. I mean, not laughing at it, laughing in spite of it, I guess. Well, and it's funny. You even I even remember kind of the roller coaster ride where you're kind of with Mark, which is Sam Neill's character. You're kind of feeling bad for him. Then you're actually rooting against him. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I don't know what is going on. Yeah. Because at first you start off like, okay, because it is a uh, relationship divorce drama. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to see one side's wrong, one side's the other, mm-hmm. especially from all we know is the woman is the one being um, in- unfaithful and doing terrible shit and horrendous things. And like from the beginning, you're like, okay, well, why, why? poor sam neil right and then as his psychosis and his mental breakdown start going down this fucked up rabbit hole or or octopus hole goes down this fucked up octopus hole he starts unraveling and getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where you're like fuck this dude fuck this dude he's over there like hit me again spit in my mouth you know and you're like come on man cut it out there's a lot of there's a lot of dealing with trauma. There is a lot of self abuse going on and other abuse yeah, and is, abuse that he's inflicting on other people. Oh, it is this movie. It's in the title. It, it is all about possession, mm-hmm. literally, figuratively, metaphorically. Again, there are many layers to this movie. But at the same time, going it's back also, to the diner scene, like oh wow, that's a powerful scene where oh. he gets so emotional, he's throwing shit around, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'd be pissed too, and I was one hundred percent like on like, like this is some heavy drama until like the cartoony aspects of it, and it kind of, and it just went whoop, and <laughs> well, it goes from him inquiring about these things, these little details that. I don't think now is he better than me? Is he better than me? Like, was it different? Like that? All those things, and then her going back at him, and the way it's shot, the way they're sitting—it's powerful. They but, start again the back and forth, and then it escalates. It escalates like the first time I saw it, my anxiety was kicking into overdrive because all I could imagine was me at that same cafe, like reading something, going, which, "Oh my god, what is happening? What's what is happening?" Because I could see like if he throws a glass down, and he's angry, right? Right. And then you're like, "Okay, cool." But then he picks up the table and flips it. Like, okay, I see where you're going. But then he starts just destroying the restaurant just as chasing her down, just chasing her down, just destroying things in his path. And then every sudden, <laughs> chefs come out and they just are like, I had to tackle him and shit. And I'm just like picturing old Benny Hill episodes and stuff. And I just kind of like, <laughs> this is silly. And I know it's not. You know, that's a genuine reaction and probably something that has happened. But just. No, it goes to the point because the first time I watched it, I didn't laugh at all. I didn't even see the funniness because I was still dealing with it. Watching with you, though, <laughs> you immediately were like, because I think you're always going to look for the levity. That's I good. Think so. That's good. <laughs> you're looking for the bright side of life. But with that, it was just there was something funny. I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of silly. That's kind of great. That's right? really, that, that totally like works. Like the Mater D and like the sous chef and the head chef on the Special to come appearance out. by Donald Sutherland as the clumsy waiter. <laughs> the clumsy waiter. <laughs> it's a rat third. It's a compare. Goes into a face full of calamari. <laughs> Comes out like into like, so where can I get more of this calamari? Because <laughs> oh, no. it's Donald Sutherland, on, right? Donald. <laughs> but it, it just got uh, a little bit, it went too over the top. It went too much for me. And then because I'm with it in the drama, I'm trying to speak like as not spoilery as possible. Mm-hmm. And we need to go back to like everybody's performance. But it, it for me, it went that fine line. Like once it hit, I'm like, oh, that's way too over the top. And then it just then once that over the topness happened, yeah. I was like, this is funny, you know, because 
it would be as if everyone was acting like Aunt Martha yes. in Sleepaway Camp. Yes, because everybody just at all times they just are. I'm a passionate dude, right? I wear my emotions on my sleeve, but at the same time, I'm not like yeah, and flipping out and freaking out at the drop of a hat. You know, everybody was so amped up. Simple things of walking in the kitchen led to just so much tension and weirdness. Excuse me. Excuse me. Why don't I take this and I'll take this and I, you know, we need this for dinner too. She's like taking shit off the shelves, throwing it in garbage bags. You're like, what's happening? She's putting her hand in sausage makers and nothing happens. The whole time I was waiting, she's going to fuck shit up with that sausage maker. Nothing. But he does. Later on, it's just like, bah. So I went into this film knowing a couple of things. I went in knowing that there could be squiddly diddly. Uh huh. And that there was an incredible performance by Isabel Ajani, uh-huh. who I knew nothing of going in beforehand. And I will say, I was not prepared no. for her performance in this movie. Absolutely not. Jeez. Wow. She was wild. I use the term next level in, an, in a performance that I appreciate. And I'm afraid I use it too much to the point that it loses its meaning. Her performance in this movie, I think, is next level. Yeah. For what she goes through, for what she is asked to do, for what is she is asked to interpret. It is incredibly draining. It is uncomfortable. It is it's just fascinating though, because let's she's beautiful. She is. She's, she's, ex- a, she's strikingly beautiful, but her, the, her range of emotions and just her wild eyed oh the ne- yeah. mannerisms i mean everything about her is intense everything even like her calm is intense and so when she has to go to more intense places it wow she i was like how in the fuck and half of it lost me because she was so intense where i was like i not understanding what emotion she's trying to convey but whatever it is it's strong she she enters a room better than Rodney Dangerfield. Super, super crazy. Hey. Um, a dual performance as both Anna and Helen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which... Mm-hmm. But I was not ready for the journey she's taken me on because I was not ready for to her to stay at that level. Mul- Consistently. Multiple kitchen scenes when we go from the grinder to her cutting up meat to when she's thin literally... We'll, I, we'll get more we'll get into the spoilers. spoilers there eventually, but um, you know what? Let me take a look here really quick because I want to make sure uh, non other non spoilery stuff that you would like to address because we're thirty seven minutes in. We can go ahead and start talking of spoilers. Um, non spoilery. This movie is not for everybody, and your <laughs> prepare for some your, defensing going on. Your experiences will greatly differ from ours. And that's why I think it's good that we're going to have this. So consider yourself warned from here on out. There is a wonderful Blu-ray that you can't. I I blind bought it. It is well worth picking up. Mm -hmm. There are a number of great other podcasts out there that are going to talk intellectually about this film because it does deserve that. Because I have a feeling this film, this discussion could get weird. (laughs) But from here on out, we are going to talk spoilers for Possession. Uh And I believe you wanted to kick off a particular way. Hey, hey, uh, yeah, about this movie. So we're saying how much it's drama and how, like, there's heavy subjects and shit. But, hey, what happened in this movie, dude? She fucks an octopus. (laughs) Yep, she fucks an octopus. Thing, thing. So, that's how the movie was sold. Yes, that was the pitch. That was the fucking pitch in that movie. That's how you pitch it to me, too, dude. <laughs> you like, gotta know your audience. Yeah, exactly. You're like, hey, man, this is a Squidly Diddly movie. Oh, yeah? Okay, let's watch it. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a tough sell. Well, and it's funny. On my notes here, I have this, like, themes of duality as, like, East and West Berlin, Anna and the Teacher, all of these things. But uh, he pitched mm-hmm. it as like he wants to see a girl fuck an octopus. And like a bunch of studios are like, no, no. And then uh, then this one. Uh, Gianni's like, I can, I can. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, this one French producer was like, okay, cool. Well, oh, my God. That is awful for every every tentacle pop that is out there. I apologize. It's so fucking weird. But Zalowski was going through a horrible divorce at this time. It fucking shows. 
and this film is completely a product of it. And I understand working things out through art, working things out through film. Ari Asher made a career out of it. He's already yeah, he's he's already banking his foundation here. But this one, oh my goodness. I mean, you could walk in and view this as just the most just anti-woman film yes. since like Antichrist. Uh-huh. You could easily read that. You could read it as a complicated film that people are complicated. There's a lot of shades of gray there. There's no one's wrong and no one is right. Or it is a film of About a lady a making love to a squid. Yeah. Just, I wrote in this I think I wrote in my notes like this movie hates women. Like Well, let's let's start there. I do think she unfortunately has to be the main target of this, but I also think that she is very much someone that is caught between three things trying to possess her. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the entirety, Mark is trying to save the relationship and re and gain control over her again. Uh, he's a spy. Yeah. So right off the bat, you and he know, knows he always knows how to manipulate her. Yes, that he's yes. A, he's a master manipulator, and that's and he's like, well, what do you want me to do? You want to hurt myself too, and or just like, what do you want me to do? You want me to clean up? I'll clean up, and like whatever she needed to hear, he was ready to do that, and that's why like. You don't want to root for him. There's a lot of shades of gray in this area because mm-hmm. at the same time, she's fucked up. Oh. I mean, she is fucked up. At the same time, you can't really understand where she's coming from but because you, you only see bits and parts of it. But mm-hmm. he is not a good dude at all. No, no. It's really hard to root for someone in here. Yeah. Uh, even to the point that where you have Heinrich then, who is also in the semblance of trying to control Anna as well. To the point where he shows up at the apartment, mm-hmm. not knowing what he's about to experience, and I mean, he's he's literally lording over her. Yeah, and like, and he, I think he even says like something along the lines, oh, "I have control over you. You think you are free? You know, all you those things." Nobody's free after my Heinrich. Fuck. To the point that the creature, which is in the title, it's in the intro credit effects, also has a semblance of control over her. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder: Is this film about her trying to find some semblance of freedom? In a world like in, um, you know, uh, East and West Berlin, yeah, very defined, you know, in terms of freedoms. Again, a lot of heady things going on here. Yeah, beyond the fact that it is again the squid and the did. But she's fucked up too. I mean, uh, t- oh, let's let's talk about Bob. Yeah, talk she's about- fucked up too because she's going around having all these proclivity affairs, fucking, and you know what? Whatever you want to do, that's fine. Okay, you're consenting adults, but at the same time. You just don't go fucking around and leaving your kid by himself for days on end. Oh, yeah. You don't you don't fuck around behind people's backs and like with multiple people and just expected and everything to be hunky fucking dory. You don't do a lot of the shit that there's no good person in this. I felt so bad for Bob because the first time we were introduced to um a little bit after into the into the movie Sam Neill comes back and like, where's your mom? She goes, uh, he goes, I don't know. Where have you? Has, when's the last time you've seen her? Maybe it's been about three days. He's he's only five years old. Mm-hmm. He's covered in filth and just food, and he's eating like sugar out of the bag because there's nothing else to eat. He's foraging. Fuck her. Fuck her. You know what? That's cool if you want like. Like you said, it's an anti-woman movie. It could also be a mm-hmm. feminist movie. Like she's on her own quest for self-discovery at the same time. And you know what? If you want to go on your own quest for self-discovery and you want to be all woman power, man power, all that's great too. But if you got a kid, fuck yourself. If you don't take care of your kid, first and foremost, you're a fucking asshole. And so take care of your kid before you go fucking octopus. And same thing. And Sam Neils, go take care of your kid before you beat the shit out of your wife. Fuck you guys and fuck this movie. Sorry. <laughs> Wow, I'm glad we got to spoilers sooner than later. Sorry. I don't know how you could have held that in there. That just came out because I was like, I'm because no. it was the what about Bob? Because I was yeah. like, there's no good person in this movie. Yep. The only person with some sense of resemblance and family is fucking Heinrich. He takes care <laughs> of his mom and he worries about Bob. That's the only, and he's this big master fuck off. And at the same time, she's he's over there. Sam Neill's over there in a rocking chair having a self-crisis and woe was me and trying to gaslight people. She's over here having a crisis of conscience like woe was me and fucking fucking octopuses. Meanwhile, none of them give a shit about their son. At least fucking Sam Neill gave a shit about Bob. She's over there fucking around every animal creature there can be not caring for the kid. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no good person in this movie. There's no good person in this movie. Everybody's fucking octopuses and shit. Had there been <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is what I adore, man. This is why I knew this would be good. <laughs> 
had there been someone potentially like maybe about um Margaret maybe potentially she's a fucking asshole too even though she's over there she's over there the good neighbor Lee's trying to take care of Bob she's over there like uh, oh Sam Neil I am the nothing neighbor come and fuck me or like and she is her best friend so like she's like you know what if he's gonna in fairness I gotta give up to Margaret she's like well you know what if he she's gonna go fuck around everybody else I might as well fuck Sam Neil you know what I'm saying I mean like he's a handsome dude in this movie and so and she so yeah so i'm not mad at margie at all she's annoying as fuck and she's kind of shitty but at the same she's a shitty friend but at the same time shit begets shit well i also realize this is where if you want to watch a complicated character piece this is it and don't watch it with me yeah but no no but just realize you may not actually want to root for any of the characters yeah and I think I, for a lot of people, that is problematic because this movie is also runs two hours. Yeah, it's a long movie. And we've talked about the Squidly and the Diddly, but you only get bits of Squidly and the Diddly. The Squidly and the Diddly don't come until like the last quarter of the movie. That's you, when it goes off. Until then, it's just like samplings of squ- and just internal madness. It was bizarre. It was a bizarre movie. Then there's this weird German. Uh, we talked about how there's not just German snuff porn anymore, but Heinrich's film of this German emotional thing where he's like, tell me, what was it like when you made love? You know, and you're like, and she's over there spilling her guts talking about how like, and how she killed somebody. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, it gets into, of course, that she, that's probably when she was with Heinrich, when she was really explored into her deist philosophy, chance. And fate. I wrote German beatnik counterculture snuff film bunker porn. Wow, wow, that's a that's a rabbit hole you do not want to crawl into, my friends. Do not even put that into a search engine. But, I mean, didn't it like it felt like that beatnik no. whole hippie culture? Like it was, yeah. It was. I mean, he's totally a almost like a, a satirical take on that kind of character, mm-hmm. someone that is performed to twelve, but is thrown into this kind of film. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have the private detectives hired by Samuel to keep tabs of the wife, and they're the most inept, bumbling-ass private detectives, but yet I thoroughly found them enjoyable, and especially, like, when one of them, <laughs> he's just, like, walking along behind her, and she totally sees, like, and he just turns around, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It's like in The Simpsons when, um, <laughs> here's our Simpsons reference for the show. Absolutely. Right? When um, Bart works at the burlesque house, and Grandpa comes in, and he's whistling, <laughs> sees him, like, oh, puts his hat back on and walks right out the door. That's exactly what he did in this movie. Twice! Twice! Well, there's even a moment when she runs, finally runs indoor, and he goes and he and kicks that thing. <laughs> and he kicks it it's ridiculous it's that's that's what threw me off because it's supposed to be a serious movie but there's just so do do you think that's part of the cultural translation potentially and again the little bits that will throw people off because it's in an english movie i mean it's an english movie set only english film yeah and so it's set in germany and i don't know if that's a, a cultural thing or what but it was kind of bumbling. It was kind of charming, though. But I was like, these detectives are fucking awful. They're the worst detectives in the world. Well, sad to say, they technically get their comeuppance. They do. Well, did you also make, I, this is, again, watching it now multiple times, that they were a couple. Yeah. When he goes, yeah, yeah. when he goes, this is more than just, yeah. I'm looking for the other detective that got lost. He goes, well, I don't fucking know. And he goes, well, this is not just, it's personal. He was my lover. And I'm like, oh, yep. well, maybe he's there. They wound up getting fucked by the squid, too. Everybody gets fucked by the squid or fucked up by the squid. Okay, well, do we talk about that then? Shall we? Because we've we've mentioned Carlos Rambaldi's name before. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the one that actually was able to create um, um, Geiger's xenomorph design into reality. He's the one that made it uh, the the suit. He designed E.T. He also designed the werewolf for Silver Bullet. Oh, it's cute. The cute and cuddly. I like that werewolf. He's adorable. Is his creature work in possession adorable or cute and cuddly? Genius. No. <laughs> you might cuddle with one, but yeah, I don't know if it's, it's not cute. All What's going to cuddle you all, all night? night? All oh. night long. All night. That's oh. There needs to be a video of that, like, all night long. Super fun. All night. Diddling on the ceiling. All night. Oh, what a fee! That no, that's later on in Jan. That's later on this month. Oh boy, oh boy. So let's let's talk about the creature. The creature you the first glimpse of the creature comes about forty five minutes in, 
And for the most part, because again, I've watched it multiple times, your first glimpse is very much a, you can't figure out what it is. I thought it was a slimy tampon applicator monster because it just had that weird like cylindrical thing and a couple of tentacles. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Well, that's what it was then, genius, because I just thought it was just a mold of something that was formless at that point. Yeah. But you could see and you have to look carefully if you, but you, you have to know where to look for it. But you do see the blue eyes. Yeah, you saw. I saw eyes in there. I was like, "What the fuck?" Which actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Aylmer when yeah. you first see him and just those eyes. What makes the Heinrich do him lick? <laughs> da, 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 da. Bob's up in there in the bathroom, and Bob, it's Elmer's tune. And it's every subsequent time we see it, it's something new. Yeah, and the next time you see it is. Uh, it's the time when it's sprawled out uh, on the mattress. and Don't, that's, don't wake him. He's very tired. He made love to me all night long. All night. Now, I'm watching it by myself. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that's horrible, horrible, horrible. But again, watching with you, that's where your mind goes. Like, <laughs> squiddly diddly. All night long. All night. Which, again, I'm decidedly different viewing experiences on a horrifying sequence because you really get it's a top-down view and it does look like it's exhausted yeah he he's spent and how would you describe that next form when we see him as this shrimp minotaur (laughs) that sounds delicious actually it sounds like a sushi roll that i need to order like kind of human at the top but with like shrimp at the bottom the next time we see him but he's got a whole bunch of tentacles and he's just fucking railing this chick we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that (laughs) the next time we see it it does look a little bit more human-like in fact the first time i was viewing it i got the hardcore hellraiser vibe of uncle Uncle frank Frank. reforming himself again squidly and then <laughs> and then we get to the railing part, the premise of the movie, the buildup and the payoff where we do literally see her having sex with this thing. Yeah. The octopus, the squid, the it's what have you. So fucking weird. The the shrimp senator. It is unsettling and it is where Where prawn. One simple word triggered me a few days after seeing the movie what is that one simple word almost (laughs) almost oh my goodness it's so fucking weird because you know she's having sex you don't know what's going on because everything is so vague in it even even in the kitchen scenes before she gets all fucking gnarled on herself when they're like she's putting her hand in the meat grinder and he's chopping up shit with the thing and i was like somebody's gonna get cut you know but it wasn't until later but that would even then you're like Somebody still needs to get cut. But at the same time, you go up, you're waiting for something, and it's just this squid. And... I don't know, dude. I'm I lost. Know, I don't know. No, no, no. It's okay. It's. I think a lot of people are going to be lost on this one. Because he's like, I got to find what's going on. I got to see what's happening. I know she's having infidelities. Yeah, she, well, he, 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 he whittles it down. It's not Heinrich. It's not anyone else. It's somebody in this weird apartment. Exactly. This, like, filth place. Again, all the while that this creature exists, this relationship is still falling apart. Bob is still the victim in this movie. Right, and he's had to put her with the teacher, who's the exact doppelganger of the wife. Which lead begs the, the how would, did that discussion go when they met each other? Because it has to be addressed. That's right. <laughs> and he's sleeping with her, yet he's not, and yet they are. But, I mean, and they're technically literally sleeping together. Well, the education system in Germany is a little bit yeah, different. I, I, Genius. I, I like the way they think. I need some after school. <laughs> yeah. I need some extra credit. But, um, no. <laughs> so he's like, okay, I know she's banging somebody. So he goes to the, the flat, and he hears, oh, 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 all the sex sounds, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> some wet ass prawns and so he goes up he goes up there <laughs> that's horrible oh. <laughs> he goes up he goes up in the room and she's over there sprawled out tentacles are wrapped around her fucking oh, and this like i said half the, the top is kind of a human shape but the bottom looks like it's a squid awesome. and or and or this like shrimp like like a, like a wet ass prawn and get a mop and a bucket for, and so, 
because she's gonna fuck it, right? And he's just going to town, tentacles wrapped around her, and he looks. He's like Sam Neil's like, what the fuck is going on? Looking wide eyed and crazy, and she just stares at him like almost and almost and again you almost. realize technically she's been putting in the work from she, the get-go she's putting in work now he's he's a fixer-upper almost i mean there are multiple ways that you can view this film it's kind it's beyond crazy but i want to make sure that if a lot of people are talking about this movie there's going to be a scene there's that scene there's that scene with the creature and in fact if you google this I think one of the images that pops up is that, which is upsetting, because I think you need to build up to that. Oh, yeah. But I think the other standout scene... Well, you need scene, a lot of build up if you're going to diddle in a, a squid monster. It's it's about building up the stamina. Yeah. But I think a lot of people would say, if you were going to talk this movie, there's the subway scene. Mm-hmm. And I've watched this film several times, and not knowing in advance, I knew there was a subway scene. It's technically split up into three long takes. Yeah. And when you realize that, and when you realize, again, the performance that Ajani is giving in this movie, and she is giving in these scenes, there are three parts. The first part is the laughing part. The second part is more of the grunting and the movement. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is the, the melting the part. Yeah. yeah. So you knew nothing of this, correct? Mm-hmm. You probably didn't know. Did you even know of the subway scene at all? Nope. Like, if I say subway scene for you, you probably go American Werewolf in London. Or right? Chud. Or Chud, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you did not know what was going in on this. Uh-huh. Because even the build-up to the scene, when she's in the church initially, and she's having that struggle, and again, it's so silent, and you can see her having that inner turmoil and everything going, and then the subway scene happens. Now, the first part is the laughing section, when she's going down, and she's just laughing throughout. And I mean, it's a good two-minute take. And first time I watched it again, the th- in the three processes, I'm having, oh, my God, this is incredible. What is she going through? This is an incredible performance. Genius. Take us through your experience. I started cracking the fuck up. When she started, and I know it's a horrific scene of what she's going through because she's like having a miscarriage, right? But the fact, like, if you're having a miscarriage, you shouldn't be fucking laughing, right? And then she starts laughing and going crazy and starts flinging things around. I'm like, holy shit, this is wild. Because... That's a painful thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I never had one myself, but at the same time, I can imagine it's not pleasant. So the juxtaposition of laughing and her like freaking out in convulsions, and then when she started freaking out in convulsions, it was in beat. It was like there was it was almost and this musical. Is the second part. This yeah, is the, the second, second part. After the first two minute laughing, fa- we get another thing, and this is literally in a musical beat. And in my mind, I'm just hearing I'm a maniac, maniac, and it's fitting. And it's giving me even the other giggles. And then I pictured that whole, and it reminded me of that new Radiohead video where it's just Tom York dancing and just wiggling all weird. That's exactly what I just pictured in my mind. And then she melts. Then she melts. And then she melts. Now I would cha- I would be changing my tune if it was it was if it was just blood because I was like oh shit, this is some heavy shit you know. But the fact that it's blood and yogurt and mucus and it's like green and red and white and blue i was like what the fuck is happening it looked like she took a shot of viper yeah yeah i didn't know if she was being if she was pregnant with the monster's kid well and this is where i think you can interpret it a number of different ways there are people that probably could write a dissertation on that scene but then again there are other folks that are going to attach michael Sambello to it so it was just it seemed too over the top for me to take serious. No, that's fair. Again, it is performed. Her performance and each of those performances, there is no music behind it. No, the beat she creates is her own, but it is intense. It is primal. It and is. It, that... it just conveyed the wrong emotion for me. You know, it conveyed almost like a joy and madness as opposed to pain and sadness. Mm-hmm. So, like, I totally get it. I totally get it, and that's why I'm glad you at least watch because it's really funny uh, our friend Dustin we were talking as I was like there are certain movies that I know based on people's taste their perspectives you know personalities that they probably wouldn't really want to watch mm-hmm. per se if you want to give them a choice between possession and predator we're probably going to be picking predator right you know it's not even a question hell i'm going to go pick predator <laughs> <laughs> but occasionally you want to make sure you give him some perspective because you know he likes jurassic park he likes event horizon mouth 
So when you get to see the the best scene from this, so we had him watch the almost scene. <laughs> no context, just, hey, by the way, here's three minutes, and it's like, God damn it, guys. A girl fucks an octopus. <laughs> so are you going back to this one, Julius? No, no, I don't think so. I might with other people. Mm-hmm. And you know what I might... I still don't, I still think it's too over the top for me to take seriously, and that's why I couldn't invest too much into it. See, I think if the if they didn't perform at the level they did, because it is such a like maybe three people for the most part, I don't know if it would work for me. I think that level of camp slash intensity works for me. When he's sitting there in the rocking chair and he's got all wide eyes, goes all the way back knees. and then all the way up and then all the way back. And then you have the hobo buffet. I mean, there's just so many weird aspects about the movie. And then you have the old lady epilogue, the bumbling, um, <clears throat> the bumbling detectives. Nobody gives a fuck about Bob. And just when you think like, okay, what the fuck is happening? I hope they make sense of it in the end. They don't. In fact, they make it weirder. Weirder! So we get final form of the creature. And it's fucking Sam Neill! It's telekinesis Sam Neill. It's the most piercing eyes Sam Neill. There's a, the 88 Magnum in Johnny Dangerously that shoots through schools. These eyes are the 88 Magnums, my friend. Oh my god. It is incredible, but mm-hmm. he does look otherworldly. Yeah. And his presence... All of a sudden, basically... Harkens the end of the world? Okay, so the ending of this movie, number one, I remember when we were watching it, I always took Bob going back to the tub as his safe place. No. See, now hold on, hold on, hold on, because if you watch it, because I've watched the film multiple times now, the only time that when the family's together that they are all smiling Mm -hmm. is in the bathroom when he's in the tub. Even if it's forced, they're coming together for a second... That's the only time they're all a family unit. So I think for me, that's his safe spot. I don't think he was going to kill himself. I think he killed himself. I think he went and killed himself. Because if you go, if you go, if you go to be safe in a tub, you're gonna sit down in a tub. You're not gonna sit face down, floating in a tub like a fucking floater. I, I think, I think it was like almost like a, a weighted blanket. I think that was his safe spot. I think it was almost like a womb, if you will. I don't know. I think he died. I think we might, because I, I remember so somewhere they asked him on that thing, like, "What about the kid dead?" Oh well, you know what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but well, like, well, again, whatever baggage you bring in. But then the final haunting shot of Sam Neil the creature, the outline of him in the door, just kind of floating. Yes, oh, floating. He's like floating and like meanwhile there's sirens going off, there's gunshots, there's explosions going off and we see none of it. All we see is the doppelganger teacher finally open the door and like <gasps> and all the while Bob's like don't open the door, which gave me flashback to Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. It's evil, don't touch it. Yeah, no. I think I, I think he's like fuck it. Yep. Bloop. No, it was it it has it's a film that has totally unnerved me. It has stayed with me, and I am going to continue to watch it because I am affected by the performances, and also depending on who I'm watching it with, their journey and reaction as well. I might watch it again in the same vein of the way I want to watch Hausu again. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, you that know? would make sense. Just like, this is a what-the-fuck movie. Yeah. It, you may not like it. You may hate it, but you're going to have a reaction. I didn't hate it. No, no, no. I yeah. didn't hate it. Yeah. I mean, you might not. I mean, not not be for everybody. It definitely is not for everybody. But I didn't. I didn't hate it. I don't think I took it the way it was intended. No, I don't think you did. You, no, know? you know what? No, that's he, he's open ended on his interpretation. Whatever you bring to it, my friend. So, yes, your reaction was the right reaction. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get the same reaction as anybody else who watches this movie. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get any. They're not going to. Well, they might not hear maniac now, but like. Also, I should say the score of this film is also excellent. In fact, the main theme really reminded me of Scarface for some reason. Uh, Andre Korzynski did the score. Also re- worked really well. Again, I, I really, really, really am happy with the investment of this Blu-ray. I've, I, I, there are so many movies on my shelf that I have not watched once yet. And God help me, this movie. And I... I don't know what that says about me, but it's already got multiple spins. I know, and you're like, yeah, I watched it again. I was like, again? Again. (laughs) So, uh, Elric Kane, thank you, my friend, for putting this one in my life and for at least being able to. Yeah. Thanks. It was worth it just to watch it with you, my friend. Just to experience it. Like I said, I did have a good time, and it was was a fun. It's not a fun movie. I had fun watching it with you. Was it a good journey? It was. 
Use the tones. Well, you know what? I think that's in the spirit of what we're doing here with international horror. It is the journey we take. I got something for you. Oh, well, if we're talking Squidly Diddly itself didn't really come into the vernacular of the show, didn't come into the vernacular of your everyday language until a certain film. Mm-hmm. And if we're staying true with the the world of the wide world of weird. We got we got the OG Squiddly Diddly movie coming up. Yes, we do. We so got a couple of we got a couple of good movies coming up, but we're gonna stay with weird and what the fuck. And I should it should be noted. I have to mention if we're all not reacting the way everyone does it's when they first see the creature in this movie. All good, almost, uh, almost. So until that next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. What's this movie about? She fucks an octopus. <laughs>